Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey guys, just a little heads up that at the end of this episode, Holly's Try Something New is her experience with Yoni dearmoring. This is a disclaimer for anyone who has experienced any kind of sexual trauma to please listen at your discretion. Injecting soul into the everyday. Because margaritas and batchy are just as soulful as medis and self-care. With your host Holly Azapati and Jordana Levine. See, I can have a sultry voice on podcast too, you guys. <laughs> uh, it's so funny. We, uh, I, I have people all the time say to me, <laughs> I love listening to your voice on Luna Lover, the podcast. And Holly's like, why don't they say that about the middle? I'm like, why don't they love listening to our voices on the middle? And it literally happened last night in person. They were like, oh, your voice, Jord, it's so beautiful. And I'm like, what about my voice? It's funny though, like I don't put I don't put on a voice when I do Luna Lover, no. but I think it, because it's just me and there's no one to make me excitable, <laughs> I can just put my journalist voice on. But when with you, it's like my annoying, like high pitched. It's just like your fun, flirty, fresh voice. And <laughs> also, the podcasts are very different energies. Yeah, they are very different energies. So. Anyway, just wanted to prove to everyone that I also have a sultry voice. (laughs) So this was all about Holly again, once again. What a surprise. No, but not being about me, I actually want to shout out one of our listeners. (laughs) Shout out to our listeners. That can be the new segment opener. Yeah, I love it. Uh, What we're going to do, guys, at the beginning of EPS now is just like acknowledge a listener popping off in the facey group because there's Mm. so much great content coming through. And our gal, Ellie Danks, Hey, Ellie. Um, she's been using a tongue scraper, Jord, for mm, a couple of weeks now. So good. And she's reported back after your reco and said she no longer has morning breath. Wait, she said it in capital letters, so she means it. It was shouted. <laughs> and then she also said, seriously, I feel like I could walk out the door without brushing my teeth and I'd be fine. In brackets, I obviously still clean my teeth. Don't worry, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> but feels, Ellie, I just said it to Jord this morning. Yeah. Because... It's obvious that I'm here in Byron with Jod. Maybe it's not obvious. No, maybe sound quality wise, it's obvious. Probs. Um, And I've been scraping my tongue since Jod's reco because I had a little bit of a breather. And oh my God, it's just life changing. It's so great. You know what's interesting? I um, had like a 24 hour sickness last weekend, some sort of tummy bug. And I noticed on the Sunday after I had it on the Saturday, how much stuff came off my tongue really yeah like there was a lot of detoxing my body was trying to do when it wasn't well yeah. so you really can tell yeah what's coming up it helps yeah you. it's Love amazing it. now george mm. you were doing a little bit of an experiment well it wasn't really an experiment <laughs> but it's become that way can you update us on how it went with double air double water dating scenario oh god <laughs> well guys i just want to say i really tried 
Because I don't mind admitting when I'm wrong. And I was like, maybe I got it wrong about air signs dating water signs. But I just really didn't. She didn't. And I was really trying to try to. <laughs> Uh, I didn't look. I really put a good innings in. I was like, I can work with all of these emotions. I can do it. I've got this. Uh, I just, I just couldn't. So if there are any, look, I think it was heightened because of the doubleness of it all. The double air, double water. Yes. If there are any success stories of double airs, double waters, or lots of air, lots of water, um, dating successfully, please let me know. Mm. Maybe this was just an individualized case. What I love is this has become the new way of dating. <laughs> okay, yeah, totally. <laughs> so it's so funny. Uh, and, and I want to make this like super clear to people. It is actually okay these days. And I say this because of a lot of um, self-experimentation, but also a lot of my friends have been doing it too. It's perfectly acceptable these days to ask your date what time of the morning they were born. To do their chart. And to tell them why you're doing it. Yeah, to do their chart. And I've got to say, like most of the guys I've done it with and girlfriends have done it with, they've been really open to it and accepting. Do you feel like it's because you're up here in a community that is a little bit more? I only just had that thought. Maybe, but I have to say of the guys that I've dated up here, there hasn't been that many in case there's some of them listening being like, oh, why is she dating so many people? No, there hasn't been that many. But of the guys that I have dated up here, um, none of them have been into this sort of stuff no but very open to hearing more about it yes and actually that reminds me of the event that i went to this week which we talk about the spotify event yes. and how many of the men there knew their moon and rising and they were just like sydney guys in a sydney world <laughs> <laughs> didn't work um but yeah they were so excited to be having conversations about their star sign and it wasn't like weird when i said oh yeah i'm an intuitive you know it's becoming more normal joy it's becoming so normal and i think it's just another way to get to know somebody and find out more about them like um you know on a lot of the dating online dating profiles and holly you wouldn't know this except that i made holly swipe on bumble with me the other night yeah but i didn't get to swipe because you're so quick to dismiss and i was like hang on wait (laughs) (laughs) well hang on i i'm i'm more open than you give me credit for she's kind of open but if it says cancer or scorpio i'm out of it (laughs) no no uh where was i going with that Oh, yeah. So a lot of the people on their profiles will have their Myers-Briggs. Right, ENFJ or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And, I mean, that's one way of of having a read of someone's personality and finding out a little bit more about them. I think star signs are just another way to explain it. And whenever I've tried to explain it to guys and double water was very open to hearing about it too. Double water was ready. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he was ready. Um is explaining what what that means um, and, and the traits like we went through last week in yeah. the, with the elements yeah, and really explaining it to them um, and they start to identify themselves within those explanations. Absolutely. You know, so it's just it's just another way of making sense of who we are as human beings. Well, it, they feel more seen. And I, I recognize this in the Spotify event that I was, well, I was a plus one to this week. And it was interesting, Jod, because Spotify, and it's a recommendation that I'll do later on, but they launched their cosmic playlists and they celebrated by this amazing party. Oh my God, in the event looked It was amazing. incredible. So, my friend Katie Willie, who was, well, Katie Williams, who listens to the potty, shout out Katie, she invited me along. She's like, Hull, this has you written all over it. 
Why aren't you invited? You need to come. So they did a live reading at this event, George. Channing Nicholas read Erin Holland's chart live for everyone to watch. Oh, Miss World. Miss World. Yeah. And she got super emotional. Erin did? Yeah. And Channy said, and it's something that I used to say in my she readings. Say. It's like, no, she's actually an Aries. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but she had a Pisces moon, I'm yeah. pretty sure. <laughs> I was like, classic Pisces moon. Um, she... She said, look, my job is to make people cry because they feel really seen. Oh. And, yeah, I used to say that too. Like, I haven't done my job in a reading unless I've made someone cry. Oh, God. (laughs) Not in a a sick or sinister way, but this is, like, the reason I'm showing this story is in the dating scene, especially for men, I'm assuming, they're like, oh, you really see me. You really get me at a soul level here. Yeah, yeah. And I had a chat with one of the women at the event that night, and she was like, oh, I used to be a skeptic with all this stuff. And I'm like... I just don't, I said to her, I just don't think you can be skeptical about this stuff because there's so much evidence in support. It's so interesting, isn't it? I had this conversation with with a guy the other day, actually, not one I was dating, but um, he said to me, I don't believe in star signs because, you know, I, I think he was a Taurus and he's like, I just don't relate to any of that. And I said to him, well, that's interesting. Like, what's your rising and what's your moon? And we went into it and they were both, he was double fire double fire earth and he related so much more to the fire to the elements of fire than he did to earth so i think when there's all these people walking around and going i don't believe in star signs because you know i'm not this and i'm not that if you actually gave them a reading of their full chart yeah they'd be quite surprised at how accurate it is and double water exactly was felt so seen yes when i told him what his strengths were and perhaps where there would be holes for us. And I just want to be clear with everyone that I didn't go in and go, look, you're a double water and I'm a double air, so this isn't going to work. No, you gave it a good nudge. Yeah, I went in and said, look, these are our charts and we're actually incompatible, but this is where we would have to work if Mm. this was going to work, you Mm. know. What I love about normalising the conversation around astrology is that it's almost the bridge to the other practices of the soul. Mm. So if we are seeing more of a mainstream connection and conversation around your star, your moon, your rising, your charts, then that just naturally lends itself to having more of a discussion or openness to, you know, the the spiritual tools and conversations with, you know, a higher power or source or love energy. It's just that, like, it almost is that bridge into the deeper soul stuff because something that is really grinds my gears, George, I don't know about you, is when we label this side of our personality or interest as woo-woo it's Mm. like oh I'm not woo-woo or this is going to come across as super woo-woo and we had a look yesterday at the definition of woo-woo and it's a derogatory term it's oh yeah it's a derogatory term but we use it as a defense mechanism yes to say that we're not something we've had this conversation on the potty before yeah absolutely about like not playing down your spirituality and owning it because when you start to play it down you give people a reason to to judge exactly basically i i have been so surprised um and yeah it could be the area that i'm living in like i totally should not take that for granted Mm. but i have been very surprised by the people in my world dating not dating just the people in my world who are very accepting of concepts i throw at them Mm. when i don't 
layer them and blanket them in um, shame or guilt or embarrassment Mm. because of them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, or even making an excuse or projecting or like fear energy because Mm. that's what it is, right? You're you're incorporating your own energetic experience of something onto someone else and they're going to feel that. Mm. It's like when animals can smell fear. It's like, I can smell you being defensive about this and so I don't believe what you're saying. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's such a good point, Holly. I'd never thought about that. Yeah. It is. It's like if your energy becomes what you fear they will perceive, then that's how they're going to perceive it. Yeah. And there's this talk around coming out of the spiritual closet. How do I come out of the spiritual closet? How do I, you know, step into my spirituality and just own it? And I I honestly think it doesn't even have to be a big deal at all because, you know, how do you own your hobbies? How do you own how you show up as a family or friend or, you know, it's just, it's not even a thing. No, it's not a thing. And it's, it's almost like people think that coming out of the spiritual closet is like this all or nothing thing. It's like, you're either a spiritual person or you're not a spiritual person. It's like when you come out of the sexuality closet, let's say that you're coming out as homosexual, you don't lose all of your other things that make up your identity. It's just another part of your identity. It's a layer. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same. I had this experience with one of my besties, Leah, love, and she sent me a card. She's been pulling cards in the morning of her own accord, her own deck. She went out, got it herself, didn't ask me what I thought. Like she just went and did it herself. And she's an interior designer. She doesn't share any of this stuff online. It's just her relationship with soul in her own way, which is great. And she pulled a card the other morning and was like, this is for Holly and sent it through. And it resonated so strongly. Mm -hmm. Now on surface, someone would look at Leah and not assume that she's pulling cards in the morning or journaling or meditating, which she's doing all of these things, but she's just incorporated as part of her practice because she feels called to and she enjoys it and that's it full stop unapologetic Mm, and I love that yeah because I think you're right there is a certain level in this world which is kind of the reverse of what we're talking about Mm. where people are doing it for other people and to talk about it and to be identified as something yes absolutely that's such a good conversation to have George Mm. like because it's a full moon tonight you better put your crystals out can I say? I know, but it, it's the truth. I was like, you're like, yeah, we're we putting do. a Christmas we're, do, we're doing a full moon ceremony tonight. But personally, I have felt an almost um, disconnect with my crystals the last few months, and I've just mm. been taking a step away from them. It doesn't mean it's forever, but it also doesn't mean that I'm going to be showing myself putting my own crystals out on a full moon and doing a little story because that's what you do. Because hashtag fucking woke or hashtag spiritual, you know? Yeah. It's how do you connect and what do, what tools do you resonate with and what don't and you can still be a, a, a you know have a connection with soul and spirit and not use any of the tools it's, totally. it's what is your relationship with it not what what is jord doing or what is holes doing you know yeah it's so interesting isn't it let's go back to that spotify event though because mm. i think it's so interesting because this i mean it, it is wild for me to think that spotify this very mainstream mm-hmm. streaming um, service mm. has decided to do cosmic playlists. It's amazing. And then dedicate an entire event to it, which would have cost a lot of money. Oh, God. And get all of the influencers and all of know, the ex reality TV stars. Yeah, but it's interesting to me that there were certain people who you would assume would be there and be invited to 
um, promote this kind of offering were overlooked. So in one respect, that's great because it's like, oh, it's going full mainstream. Totally mainstream. Full mainstream. Um, but it was interesting that that you, who and, and me, but I'm not in Sydney, but you, who, who's quite prominent in this arena, wasn't even considered and ended up there because you were a plus one. I was a plus one. Yeah, it was weird, George. It, it was weird. It was great to be there. And it was so great that Katie recognised that, you know, this is kind of something that Holes slash George should be at. Yeah. And when the guys, especially the guys from Spotify, found out the, about the middle and what we do, they were, like, blown away. Like, oh, my gosh, that is so cool. Mm. So it's really exciting that the work we do, which was considered minority, is being opened up into more of a, a mainstream space. Like, there were some pretty prominent people there. Like, one well-known Australian actor who I will not disclose – he, when I asked him if he knows his moon and rising, he was like, I'm triple water. Oh, and my like, God. <laughs> <laughs> and he knew. And I was like, oh, God. And I explained to him and he was like, yep, that's exactly what I'm like. Like, he was so open to it. But it's really, really cool that this is becoming more of a mainstream experience, especially through a platform like Spotify. It's huge. It's huge. And those, oh, well, we'll talk about them in the records. Yes. But those playlists were bang on. Bang on. Obviously, what this conversation we're having is around really ownership of the soul work. Mm. How do we normalize this if we do feel that little bit of resistance or thinking people are going to judge us, criticize us, maybe our family aren't interested in this stuff? What do we do? I get this question all the time. Um, A lot of people who read Make It Happen, they're like, I just want to manifest all over the place. And when I try and explain it to people, you know, they just assume that I'm this kind of person and that kind of person. And how do I convince them? Well, first of all, don't. Don't convince them. And I think you nailed it before, Holly. What it is, is we need to start setting a vibrational standard around this work. Yes. And by taking ownership and feeling empowered by it and talking about it like it's normal, because it is normal, It's normal. It's normal. A lot of, well, astrology is based on science. And Same with mindset stuff. Same with manifestation, George. Yeah, well... Especially the the style of manifestation that we teach, it's all based on science, neuroscience, yeah. and metaphysics. So I think I think by you owning it and just talking about it like it's normal everyday stuff, mm. and not putting caveats on everything, and not making excuses or apologizing or apologizing for it, it starts to normalize it, integrate it into conversation. The the biggest piece of advice I give to people with anything, whether it's um, a diet that you're following, whether it's a new exercise you've taken up, whether it's a spiritual endeavor, is people don't necessarily want to hear about it. Mm. And you don't have to validate yourself by convincing them. Yes. Just do it. Just be it. Yeah. You don't have to convince people. You don't have to talk about it all the time. And it doesn't also mean that your friends who aren't interested in this are going to drop away. No, and, and nor should they. No. I've got plenty of people, and I know you do too, whole, who are absolutely not into this stuff. We have got so many other things to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. It's not one or the other. It's not this or that. It's, yeah, it's almost like this self-assuredness in it's okay to have the soul work if that's something you're interested in. Like, you're allowed to. Mm. This is your permission slip to go forth and conquer. Yeah. But also, like with anything, if you do feel like you're going to the other end of, like, plastering it in people's faces and you're getting backlash or copying criticism or whatever that is – question as to why you feel the need to be so in people's face does that make sense yeah so it's like why why do you need to validate or prove 
how amazing this stuff is it's if you're al- using it just for you. Totally. And it's almost like you're you're trying to validate it for yourself. Exactly. And so in order to do that, I recommend sitting with it and unpacking it on your own. You don't <laughs> need you don't need other people to validate you. Absolutely not. In fact, if you're seeing noticing in yourself that you're doing that, maybe just take a break for a week and notice what activities you're being drawn to, what tools you're using. Some great examples like my girlfriend Katie, she when we started hanging out, she's very pragmatic, very Virgo, very science. She's an athlete, like came from different worlds. We lived together for a week in Thailand and she sat at the end, she's like We are actually so similar. Just the words you use like manifestation, I've always used as like goal setting and dreaming big, Mm. but it's the same thing. Mm. Like exactly. There's nothing different about what we're talking about here. And another example is my beautiful client, Sarah. She just started talking about working with the moon and, oh yeah, I'm going home to do a release ritual with the moon tonight and that be it. And now her team at work, very straight industry, are like, Sarah, where's the moon at now? What does that mean? So she's just opened this casual conversation. Mm. That's the goal here. Absolutely. That's how Lena Knight started. Really? Yeah, I would be setting my intentions every new moon and there'd be people I was working in an office at the time and they were like oh is tonight the night that we set intentions what do we do and so I'd send an email around to everyone I'm like if you want to set intentions tonight this is what you do and that email list grew from three people to 10 people to 20 people to 40 people to 100 people and then I was like I might start doing events it's so interesting Jord because I think we discredit the fact that every single person walking the planet, every single human is made up of mind, body, and soul. We all have a connection with soul. And this stuff is, it's almost that we create these stories in our head that people are going to judge us way more harshly than they actually do Mm. because they, there there is some level of connection with that, even if it's the tiniest little piece. Mm. So give other people credit as well. People aren't as assholey as we we think they will be. No, absolutely. That's a really good point. You know, (laughs) we think, Oh my God, like it's that collective belief of we're going to get burned on the stake for this. Right. But this is the other thing, right? Like, and I think about this when I'm dating a lot, I'm like, if I can't sit here, cause I do it a lot when people ask me about my book, you know, I'm like, Oh, you know, it's about creating the life you want. I use every other word except manifestation, even Mm. though it says it on the front of the book. Mm. Um, But at the end of the day, if I can't sit there and talk about what is a huge chunk of my life and will probably be for a very long time, that book's not going anywhere, then do I really want to be with this person? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And it's prime example of someone like my relationship with Trenny, who hasn't owned a crystal in his life, bless him, doesn't do any of this stuff. But when it was our came our wedding day, he bought me a huge amethyst and a citrine and he's like, I just love you for doing that for you. Mm. He doesn't need to be part of it. No. It's so but but I've always been open about it all with him, right? Yeah. I've always just unapologetically expressed that. But I guess that he's been there when you've been exploring it. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. I had the experience at the party, um, which I mentioned to you. I met these two guys and at first on face value, I'm like, oh, I'm not cool enough for these guys. Like they were pretty cool and they had really interesting lives and whatever. I was like, no, I'm just going to own what I do. And I explained I was an intuitive. We ended up talking about, of all things, Vipassana. (laughs) And they were... Sorry, have you done Vipassana? Can you believe I did (laughs) 10 days of silent meditation? Um, and, And me owning that, they were like, tell me more. Oh, that's so interesting. We're going to listen to the middle episode where you talk more about it. In the past, Jord, I wouldn't have brought it up. I wouldn't have said I was an intuitive. I wouldn't have explained Vipassana. I would have just been like, oh, yeah, I work for myself. But because I was at an astrology event, event. 
it almost was like it softened the blow. Yeah. But now I've recognized that at any event I could go and have that conversation. It's actually going to be welcomed more than I, than I think. Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. So I think a really, uh, important conversation to have, and we've touched on it a few times, but we'll, we'll touch on it again is this idea of the tools of spirituality and mm. the tools of spirituality making you a spiritual person. Oh, yes. And you and I have both been quite uh, vocal lately on the potty about feeling a real pull away from our tools, oracle cards. Mm. Um, I've been really feeling a pull away um, from journaling aside from my intention setting I and been my journaling. releasing, but no free writing in the middle. Oh, the middle. And <laughs> that happens. Um, uh, crystals, look, I'm never going to abandon my crystals, but I know what you say. Like sometimes you feel really drawn to them and other times you don't. But I just want to make it super clear that you can be the most incredibly spiritual person without any of those things. Those things are adornments. They are not your spirituality. Oh, I love that so much, George. It's so true. And I, I understand it can be fun to explore these things, especially when you're new to them. And it's like, what oracle deck do I choose? What crystals do I work with? What oils should I use? And it's follow your heart because that's what the spiritual and soul connection is. It's with heart, right? You actually don't need the things outside of yourself. Absolutely. If you feel drawn to them, then go for it. There's no need to ask anyone for advice. You will know whether it resonates with you or not. Trust that. And that's that intuition piece we've spoken about in the past, but also, yeah, I'm not pulling cards at the moment. I'm not using my crystals. I'm not journaling. And I'd like to think I still have a very deep connection with soul and spiritual it's just being expressed in a different way yeah and I think crystals are actually a really beautiful way to test this yeah I have a lot of friends that sell crystals online and I think that if you know crystals really well and you know the individual power of crystals absolutely buy them online but if crystals are a new thing for you I highly recommend being around them yes. in a store and deciding which one you are drawn to. Yeah. And when I work with crystals, I've got a lot of crystals in this house and I know, you know, that rose quartz is good for self-love and attracting love and citrine's good for manifestation and abundance and money mindset. I get all of that. But when I need a crystal to do a job, I go around to all of my crystals and I just see which one I feel intuitively drawn to. Exactly. And I had a really good example of it the other night. There was some weird, thick, gross energy Mm -hmm. in my room, in my bedroom. And I um, did a clearing on it and it still didn't feel right. And Mm. I was like, I need a new crystal upstairs to help me Mm. tonight. I took my black tourmaline up to bed. I have never slept so deeply in my life it was actually terrifying it's still up there and you witnessed it yesterday hall i slept until like seven in the morning which is super late for me guys early for me yeah (laughs) (laughs) but it was um yeah so with crystals you really you really just need to tune into the energy it doesn't matter what people tell you about them no the same will go for oracle cards or what type of journal? Oh, God, the questions we get about the types of journals. Stop overthinking, guys. Because get an that... A4 notebook from Officeworks. It doesn't matter. Yeah, well, look, I beg to differ. <laughs> you want it to be something that's nice to write in, but you only know what that is. It's not the journal itself that's going to make you tune into your intuition. It's the intention behind what you're writing. 100%. Yeah. I, 
the only reason I say get a nice journal is you're more likely to write in something pretty. No, absolutely. You know what I, I mean? But you're right. The same with the Oracle decks. It's a question I get asked so frequently. It's like, go and choose one that feels good for you. I'm not going to share the decks that I use. Like I might pull a card every now and then and share them. And my clients definitely know which decks I use, but that doesn't mean they're going to be the right energy in the right deck for you. Absolutely. And you and I both have examples of decks that we have that, well, I'll speak for myself here that I've bought because I was like, oh, it's new. It's, it's fresh. It's so pretty. And it does not resonate with me at all. It just sits here and I never pull anything from it. I've given those ones away because Mm. there was a point where I had about 11 of them. And now it's like, oh gosh, I've used that one twice. The energy doesn't vibe. But for someone else, it's great energy. Mm. It's a very individual thing. And that's the point of this conversation is how do you make your relationship with the soul yours? Also, I just want to share this really funny story because it literally happened to a, a client of mine that I met up with. She's actually not a client of mine. She's a follower of ours um, who I met up with when I was in Scotland. And she shared an example of when the almost like the relationship with spirituality can become egoic. And she was on a yoga retreat with this other guy who was quite intensely in his practice, which is fine. And she asked him, you know, what do you do for fun? And do you know what his answer was? Oh, God, what? be in the present moment (laughs) now that might be a little bit too far gone so in those moments just catch yourself and and this is where we have the conversation around lightening up that would make a great book title that would make a great book title (laughs) around these practices and bringing that joy and play and laughter into them as well yeah if you're a more seriously inclined person i get that but the whole premise of why we're doing the work we do on the middle is that you can make it your own and it doesn't have to be seeped in dogma, ritual, regimentation, rules, the way it should look. How does it look for you? And does it make you feel good? And are you hurting anyone? And if the answer is good, yes, and no, then you're good. (laughs) So not hurting anyone. You don't want to hurt anyone, but you do want to feel good. And at once, yeah. I love that. Okay. So I'd love to, we would love to hear um, your take on all of this in the Facebook group. Where are you sitting with your spirituality? Have you let go of uh, this need to feel validated by getting people around you to accept who you are and what you do? Yeah. and yeah, how's your, how has your practice shifted? And also the comparison piece. Yeah. Just because someone that you follow on social relates to spirituality and does things a certain way doesn't mean you have to. And how are you making it your own? Mm. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Reco, recos. Well, let's hear your reco. We've already segued into mine. This yeah. is a great segue. Great segue. So this week, Spotify launched their cosmic playlists. Mm. Oh, It's exactly what it sounds like, guys. So these are playlists based on your astrological sign. So they worked with Chani Nicholas, who is a huge astrologer based out of the States. And that's a little uh, extension reco. Definitely connect with Chani on social media. She does not just moon synopsis, but all of our favorite kind of synopses around Virgo season, blah, 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 blah. And she has worked in collaboration with Spotify to compile monthly playlists of songs based on star sign and monthly energy read for the sign for that month. So all you do is search your star sign in the Spotify app. So I would type in Leo and then it comes up Leo Cosmic Playlist. Click on and you get presented your reading first and then straight into the playlist. So for example, uh, Leo energy this month is all around finances, money, and these sorts of things. So the first song on the playlist is bills, 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 destiny's child. But 
overall the energy of the playlist is very R&B, old school, kind of, it's just me to a T. Like I've loved being, like I've loved listening to it, but also the Gemini and the Libra because Moon and Rising could resonate as well. That said, I did also look, well, Jordan and I both did this. We're like, but what's on the Cancer playlist and what's on the Pisces playlist and what's on, and all of them are so good. Mm. Yeah. I didn't really resonate with the Gemini one. There were a few songs where I was like, yeah, this is my jam. But other ones I was like, I cannot listen to this. But the Virgo one, Virgo Moon. Yes. I really, really resonated with. Do you feel we'd resonate more with our moon sign because that's the way that we connect and music is such a personal experience? I do actually think that. Yeah. I do. And the more, to be honest with you, like I'm I'm very Gemini. We've said this, Holly. I've got five signs in Gemini. Five. I thought it was three, but it's actually five. Five. Um, I mean, not signs, planets. I, um, I actually resonate a lot more with Virgo and Virgo's just my moon. Interesting. Oh, and, and my Mercury. I have but four Virgo placements. Really? In my chart. Three or four. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at the Libra playlist now just to test the moon theory. And it looks pretty on point for me. But do you know all those songs? A lot of them. See, a lot of the Gemini ones were like house music. And I was like, I can't listen to this. Maybe if you're a moon in Gemini, let us know. But they, I, I believe that they change every month. Yeah. So they're updated every month based on the reading for that month, yeah. which is so fun. It's so fun and so cool. So shout out to Spotify for launching yeah. the Cosmic Playlist. It just brings me so much joy to see big business and brands like that. Just acknowledging and celebrating things that, you know, they're like, <laughs> I think they're, they're, um, they said astrology is having a real moment now and it's like well it's always had a moment but now you guys are catching up and it's very exciting it's really exciting yeah yeah cool what have you got for us today jared uh, my reco yeah well um i am a very pasty skinned gal in a tanning summer world <laughs> <laughs> I um I am quite pale, but I do go very brown in summer. Yeah. But in order to go very brown in summer, I need to be out in the sun. And I'm sorry, but as a 35-year-old woman who is definitely getting more freckles by the day and also skin cancer alert, yeah. I really have to be quite careful with that now. Yes. Especially in this harsh Australian climate. Yes. It is so scary. You know, we've barely had winter in Byron. And I have gotten sunburned several times throughout winter just by accident. It's not good. It's not good. So where I'm going with this is a really good fake tan, Mm. self-tan reco. Great. Um, We spoke about it a little in the Facebook group when someone had asked about a natural tan. Um, But my recommendation is Three Warriors Self-Tan Mousse. Amazing. It's a beautiful colour. It's um, a local guy it's a man really? behind it. one of our listeners um it's her best friend i love that yeah and i only know that because i mentioned it in the book in the in the facebook group and she told me but he um he came up with the formula and the the branding is beautiful it it's is. a beautiful bottle but it's really just it's a beautiful color it's very easy to apply i apply it with a mitt mm-hmm. um you can you can work on the gradient of color depending on what you want so you can shower after one hour if you want, which is prime when it comes to self-tan. If I have to sleep in it, I will vomit. I yeah. cannot handle sleeping in self-tan. My sheets can't handle it and I can't handle the smell. The smell. That's what I was going to ask um, about. So if you want like a light tan shower after an hour, if you want a deeper, darker tan shower after two hours, if you want it even deeper, 
three, four, five hours. Amazing. Um, and it's really, it's a really nice color. It's not orange at all. No. It's got, I think they call it a green base where you get this real kind of golden rather than the orange. Beautiful. Shade. Um, and I've never had a mishap with it. I've heard great things about Three Warriors tan through my time at Depths of Beauty. We were mm. always asked, what's the best natural tan? And Three Warriors by far by trumped far. it. Trumped yeah. every other. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my record this week. I love that, Joy. Yeah, really simple. Um, so, Holly, I'm really excited about this. When we first started talking about doing this potty and the segment of teach me something new or try something new, this was something I really wanted to have you talk about because I'm really interested in it and I have so many questions. But I think that we needed to give the podcast some time to find its legs and see what listeners were into and what they weren't into because I think for many people this is going to seem quite out there. Absolutely. Um, and maybe a little bit confronting. Absolutely. I'm already feeling a bit confronted by it. I was even confronted by it. Yeah, and you're <laughs> the one having to share the story. Yeah. So please tell us, what are you teaching us? Or, or try, what did you trial to tell us about? Yeah, I'm not definitely not teaching you guys no. anything today, but I tried a... I had an experience with a Yoni de-armoring at yeah, the beginning okay, of the so year. So just explain that right from the beginning. So I want to give you guys context before I dive into what that is. Okay. So I, I've been... I've spoken very freely on the podcast that last year was a very challenging uh, time for me in my relationship with Trenny. So we'd been married for not even a year and I started to have all of this stuff come up and I started to wig out. And I was talking to you before, Jord, that the first year of marriage in my experience and in a lot of people that I've spoken to's experience can be the toughest. And for me, it was this big piece around uh, connection with my own sexuality, being a married woman and having only ever had sex with Trent before and tapping, tapping into my feminine. It was all of this confusion around femininity, sexuality, identifying as a married woman, still being flirtatious, just a whole kerfuffle. And so what I decided to do, because I'm not one to just sit on my laurels, is I went and I did three months of coaching with a beautiful woman, Susanna Frioni. And this was around embodying desire and sexuality in myself. Because what I was projecting to Trent was, you need to want to initiate sex with me all the time. And I was outsourcing all my shit to him, mm. which is so unfair. Totally. So unfair. When it's like, okay, hang on. If I want to feel desired, I've got to feel desire in myself. Absolutely. If I want to feel sexy and sensual and embody these energies... It's not Trent's job to make me feel like that. It's my job. Yeah. So the three months with Susanna were heavily confronting. My favorite moment of the whole coaching was when she said, Holly, you need to get off your fucking high horse. And I was like, you know, you have a good coach when they're doing that to you. But part of it was me opening this connection and dialogue with my yoni, which is our vagina, right? It's another, it's a Sanskrit term for the vagina. And so I had felt this disconnect with my womb and with my yoni, with my sacral, that's the energy center that houses sensuality and creativity for a very long time. It was housing a lot of shame, confusion. I was honestly, even there were parts of me where I'm like, am I even good at sex? Cause I've only ever had sex with one person. How do I not like so many questions like that, where I was finally opening this dialogue and connection with how do I want that experience to be for me, not for my husband, not for anyone else, but for me. And off the back of that and some coaching with Blake as well, this Yoni de-armoring piece kept coming up and it's all about removing stagnant energy from the womb or from our Yoni that 
for years and years and years and years and through our mothers and grandmothers and and the list goes on the lineage goes on we house and we hold in our womb and so the practice of yoni dearmoring helps to release those and allows pleasure back into our space that we can hold such stagnant tight energy in mm. and to be honest, Jord, the first few times that Yoni Diamarin was brought up to me, I closed up. I was like, there's absolutely no way I'm going to have someone diamer my Yoni. We need, we need to just unpack what you mean by diamer. Yeah. So where uh, diamering is a practice of releasing stagnant energy from the womb through physical touch and massage on the outside of the body, but also inside at times. And I really want to do a precursor on this. Obviously, this is my personal experience. I did a lot of pre-work before I dove straight into yoni diamoring. Maybe you and the listeners are familiar with things like the crystal wands, the crystal dildos that a lot of people tout online, like Rosie Rees and Asti Marie. And these are brilliant tools to diamer yourself. So you can use the crystal wand to apply pressure to points of stagnation inside your womb, so inside your yoni, and you apply the pressure, 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 pressure until it's released. Because at our natural state in our womb, we're meant to feel pleasure. That's what it's meant to feel, right? Uh, However, through years and personal experiences and trauma and ancestor experiences, we've created blockages energetically where it can feel numb or it can feel incredibly painful. And the act of dearmoring is to release that energy to allow us to feel pleasure once more. So you can dearmor yourself, obviously, by using those crystal tools. Or you can work with someone to do the dearmoring for you. And at first for me, I was really, really hesitant, Jord. And I, I, I don't think I, I'm quite open sexually, but just having someone else, like I get uncomfortable during pap smears. So mm. having someone else dearmor me felt nerve wracking at the beginning. And it wasn't until I'd gone through a lot of pre-work, months and months of coaching with Susanna, where similar to any of the intense things I have tried in the past, my body felt like a, yes, I'm ready for this. And I no longer felt scared. I felt totally open and ready. That's when I went, okay, I'm going to do this. And I was recommended by a number of trusted people in my life, Leela from Padmini Yoni, and I'll share her in our Facebook group. And we had a pre conversation before booking anything in because it is an incredibly sensitive topic and subject and we can house so much in that space energetically as well as physically and sexually you want to feel totally safe and protected and ready to do something like this so I really just want to make it so clear that I would not openly suggest yoni dearmoring for every person ever you've got to have done a lot of pre-work before diving into this level of experience does that make sense absolutely absolutely you also want to feel safe and really held and I know someone like Leela and I'm I'm assuming most practitioners who are credible in this space will offer you pre-work sessions before you even get to the dearmoring. So when I had the convo with Leela before booking anything in, she did ask me, what have you done in this space before? What is your work? You know, all of the energetic healing and trauma healing, because it is, you're releasing trauma from the womb. It's not something you just dive into straight away. Like with any of these intense things that I know I tend to experience, there's been a lot of pre-work beforehand. So I spoke to Leela and we both felt it was a really great fit and we locked in a date and went from there. 
Okay, so tell me about the actual session itself. So the session with Leela went for two and a half hours. Whoa. Yeah, it's a long time. And the way that it worked, she actually came to my home, although I think she's only offering from spaces now. But at the time it was great because I felt really safe. It was in my apartment. Um, we It was very soundproof, uh, soundproofed and it was great. So the you create like this fort of pillows and blankets like a nest on the floor so it's all done on the floor and as soon as Leela showed up I felt comfortable mm. I was like great and I, I wasn't nervous George and that's how I knew I was ready I wasn't nervous I was like okay let's do this and I had no idea what I was in for so it starts off as you choose how naked you want to be in the experience because obviously we're going to the yoni so you can choose whether you take all of your clothing off whether you remain clothed i went full naked really yeah wow i forget that i haven't told you this story i'm so confronted by all of this yeah i I assume a lot of listeners will be yeah and it's totally normal to be because when i first heard about this i was as well um, so yeah, the, I had the choice of whether I, how much of my clothing I wanted to take off. And why did you choose to be fully naked? Everything was intuitively guided for me. So I, what, it wasn't me thinking things through when you do a derobing basically. So you sit opposite one another and one at a time you peel off one layer of clothing, jewelry, Jordy's like dying in the corner over there and you state one thing you're ready to let go of in the context of the entire session. So it's kind of like strip poker. (laughs) No. I was like, what context do I have for this? Yes. (laughs) No, it felt really sacred, actually. And I loved the entire process was very ritualistic. Mm. And being held by another woman in that sacred, safe space felt like a level of vulnerability, but also a level of surrender that I have not experienced before. And so, you know, I ended up taking all of my clothing off and sitting opposite her. And then we did some eye gazing. Uh, And then, yeah, Jordan's like dying. Um, (laughs) And then, and I, I need to like precursor here. This wasn't a sexual experience at all. This was a really sacred soul healing for me and then it starts as a massage so you lie down and Leila starts uh on your back working your body and basically explaining to you how to breathe through the stagnant energy that she is releasing because it's not just a massage it is we're getting to acupressure points and energetic points in your body that hold any kind of stagnation or energy that's not serving you Mm. so there is a breathwork component in this where she breathes with you through tension points through areas of discomfort and she starts on your back so it's very very safe and you're breathing like and you're breathing through these tension points Mm. every time i loved this as well every time before she went to touch any part be it body breast or anything else she asked permission yeah and she said is it okay for me to touch this part and then you'd sit and you'd feel into your body if it was a yes or a no And it was perfectly okay if it was a no as Mm. well. And that was really beautiful as well. Because how often do we get asked by a lover, by a partner, is it okay for me to touch here now? Mm. Just that simple act was just like total surrender and absolute comfort. 
So she worked the back first and then turned around to the front. And this was where it started to become quite intense in terms of what was being released. So starting from the neck down, yes, the breasts in between like the sternum Mm. you can imagine working that heart space and that breast space held a lot of grief of walls around the heart and not just around sexual experience because I've got to admit Jord I've not actually had any personal sexual trauma in my life and I'm very very grateful for that but as we know we carry intergenerational trauma from our mothers our grandmothers and their wombs and there was a lot of stuff and we have pressure points that hold our mother's trauma our grandmother's trauma our father's trauma and that was released as well and that was when the crying would start or the wailing honestly the noises that came out of me in some moments and the deep like moving through nausea and anger and rage and like having to punch a pillow or just just absolute grief shuddering through my system I had no idea it was there at all but I wasn't even trying to force anything out of me it was almost like this exorcism you know Mm. these waves of emotion when Leela was pressing on these points and it's not like a gentle massage it's pushing through Mm. these points she mentions that if at any point it gets too hard or too sore you tell me and I'll stop and she also said it's likely you will end up bruised from some of this and I did I had bruises on my sternum I had bruises on my inner thighs Lila's so little (laughs) she is very powerful that woman she is very powerful and the whole time she's breathing through you Mm. with you the whole time you are making noises together so you don't feel uncomfortable it's very very safe and then she gets to the yoni And that is when, obviously, that's the piece that most people are curious about. And I don't want to go into too much detail because that was my personal experience. I will say that I have heard not everybody uh, gets to that point. And sometimes all you need is that massage release on back and front without the yoni to release the trauma that needs to be released. Mm. So for me, uh, it was a full yoni de-armoring on the outside Mm. and inside as well. Uh, And when she was de-armoring the inside, it was, does this feel like pleasure, pain or numbness? And in each spot around the entire womb center, the cervix, every area of my, my yoni, I had to explain whether it was feeling painful, pleasurable or um, numb. And surprisingly, actually, it was a lot of numbness for me. Mm. I'd really felt a lot of shame around allowing myself to feel the full spectrum of pleasure. Mm. And so through the dearmoring process, it was unleashing that numbness and becoming pleasurable again. Okay. So what do you feel the results were after? What did you notice differently? Well, one of the reasons that I did it is I didn't have a libido. I hadn't had a libido in years and I love sex and I love sex with my husband. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Afterwards, my libido, (laughs) it was almost like it had to peak really high and now it's kind of tapered out, but Mm. way more than it was last year. My libido for about two to three weeks after this jawed, I was so horny all the time to the point where I remember driving to a meeting like two days later in tears on the phone to Trent being like, I don't know if I can make it through this meeting because I'm so aroused. Wow. It was intense. Like we, Trent was so happy. He's like, you do whatever you need to do. If anytime you need to do it again, we're having sex like three times a day, every day. And that's just unheard of for us. Yeah. So had this like, 
peak of libido. And now that I've obviously integrated, this was the very beginning of the year, I am having much better sex, much deeper connection with my husband. Honestly, this is one of the biggest things for us in our relationship with each other that really helped in terms of me feeling that desire, desirability in myself and not projecting onto him that Mm. it's his fault that I don't feel that way. And have you experienced orgasm differently? Yeah, actually, I never used to... This is going to sound so out there. Oh, shouldn't precursor that, right? That's the chat we were just having Mm. at the beginning of the episode. Totally fine. I rarely would cry or feel full emotion during orgasm, and now I do. So not every time, but I will feel like sometimes this wave of emotion and I'll just cry but as a like a beautiful it's it's so interesting just the spectrum of emotion that can be expressed through orgasm Mm. uh the other things in terms of it's not just benefited me and my sex life with my husband but the way that I relate to myself as a sensual woman and my sensuality and being really it was releasing a lot of shame that I was holding that I wasn't even aware of around being perceived as somebody sexy or sensual or flirtatious. I just feel much more like I've arrived in that space of my feminine power. And that's what this is, right? It's because our womb is our, it's our home. It's our, our life force energy. Mm. And I, in, in releasing stagnant energy there, I feel more in my power. I think people have noticed that shift in me this year as well, where it's like a maturing of uh, my relationship with my physical and with my sexuality and not doing it for anyone other than me. This is the first time I've spoken about it. I did this in January, Mm. you know, and it's been a very, very, at the time it was the most healing modality I'd ever experienced in my life. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. So if people are interested um, in doing this, what what should they do well don't dive in straight away if you haven't done any pre-work i would encourage about a year to 18 months of pre-work on your sexuality and sensuality before you you do this but we'll share leela's uh page in the facebook group and also in the newsletter yeah so reach out to leela she'll be able to give you more information maybe you can do some pre-work with her it's um, incredible not just for libido and the sex stuff but any trauma that you've experienced in your womb and your yoni this is this is a, an amazing powerful and very safe way to release mm. that also i think it's really important to note that this was an experience that holly had and this does not make holly an expert on this so yeah. if you come into the Facebook group to ask if this is right for you with your personal story. Holly's not going to have the answers. No, please, please don't actually. And that's the other thing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to share this. There's a lot that I didn't share from it, but uh, how do I want to say this? Just keep the questions respectful, I guess. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I understand this isn't going to be everyone's cup of tea. No. Um, but I'm not in the game of living for anyone else. No. So, no, yeah. no. It and helped me a lot. Thank you for sharing. I, I really wanted to hear about it. I've, to be honest with you, um, I, I'm not a prude at all. You know no, that. I'm no. a very sexual being. I find this very confronting. Yeah. Very confronting. And just sitting here listening to you talk about it has made me realise how many sexual insecurities I have yes, and how the thought of going through this de-armoring to me just seems so 
yeah confronting's the word yeah i've yeah it's triggered me a lot just yeah. sitting here listening to you talk about it yeah and I, thank you for sharing that too joe because i think there'll be a lot of listeners feeling the same yeah and it's totally normal it's mm. to- this is not for everyone just like at the beginning take what resonates leave what doesn't and if this isn't for you you don't have to do it i just want to like end the conversation on this note actually all of the try something news that we share are things that we feel called to. We're doing them because we enjoy them. That doesn't mean you have to add them to your long list of personal no. development, soul work to tick every box, right? In fact, don't because this work can become really addictive. And maybe I'll talk about that in another episode, but I'm coming off the back of a self personal development addiction where anytime I hear something like this, I'd go out and book it right away and do it right away. Yeah. Please don't. No. It's actually dangerous to do it in that way. Yeah, I think that's really important. Thanks, Holly. Thanks for sharing that experience. I know it puts you in a really vulnerable position, and I really appreciate talking about your yoni on air. Oh, yeah. um okay so if you enjoyed this conversation we would love you to share it on instagram stories it honestly means so much to us when you do share an episode but also if you try the recos and you love them we would love if you would share it on um instagram stories or at least tell us about it in the facebook group like ellie danks did yeah um it just means a lot to us and it it we just like to see um, how much you are benefiting from what we're talking about. And if you're not and you don't want to hear about it anymore. Yeah, we like to know we're hitting the mark. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if there are if there are records that you've tried in the past mm. and, um, and you haven't shared with us that you love them or you didn't love them, perhaps they didn't resonate with you, we'd love to hear about all, absolutely. all sides of the story. And also there was a question in the group around the energy read for this month, George, oh, yeah. in the Facebook group. And we've decided to do something a bit different this month. So just stand by for... A little bit of a different take. And if you're looking for an energy read this month, then obviously listen to Luna Lover, George's podcast. Oh, I think so. <laughs> Hang on, I should say, and obviously listen to Luna Lover, Jordana by Jordana Levine. Um, and <laughs> also our gal, She Bear, who does amazing energy reads for the month. But mm. we'll be coming in your ear holes with some bonus content super soon. So stay in. Super Bye. soon. You've been listening to The Middle with your host, Holly as a party, and Jordana Levine. Join our Facebook group, just search The Middle podcast show and follow us on instagram at the underscore middle underscore podcast catch you on the flip side catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 